nor am I going to present an evangelical message. For years, we've heard of the one world government under the auspices of one called the beast, also a one world religion headed by the false prophet. I'm simply going to give you some documents, facts, that these things are now in process. It's not going to be, it's not coming, but it's going to, it's right here with us now. As a matter of fact, it's been with us several years, and we didn't even know anything about it. So we need to get on the ball. First off, I got this out of the, all that little paper they insert inside your other paper. I want you to look at this. It says, Think Global. Now, a lot of times you're going to see this headlines. You're going to see people talking about global things. Now, that's not uh, just an incident or uh, unforeseen circumstance. That's a well-devised plan of Satan because he's wanting us to think global. Don't think American. Don't think self. Don't think money. Don't think uh, uh, New Haven. Think global. Widen your scopes. That's all I'm going to say about that for right now. But we have a young lady in our church, a new convert, that if she finds out anything, she tears it out of any newspaper she gets a hold of and sends it to us or gives it to us. It's a good idea for us to be uh, recognizing what's coming over. Because sometimes we don't do this. We just scan the paper, and if it's nothing to suit us, we quit. We don't even read it. But stop and start reading the news articles. Sometimes they're nothing but just a little bit. But it's pertinent. It's relevant to this day and age. Will the New World Order have a religion? Now, there's conflicts among nations, and they're igniting wars all over the world. And there's a purpose in this. It's called the Global Planners. And they've kind of got that watched and see what the devil has stored. Of course, they don't call it the devil. They just call it humanity or something of that nature, but they want to see what's got in store. The global planners have included that war will never be eliminated unless some form of world government is put in place. Okay? However, it's become obvious that the desired world political unity will never be achieved without bringing an end to religious conflict. You see, every time something goes on, watch them start blaming religion. And now we're having Christian bashing, very much so. But everything that goes on is Christians. If uh, you touch or say anything against a homosexual, let me get rid of my cough drop, you watch it be in the newspaper. But did you know there was two homosexuals that took a 13-year-old boy, a seventh grader, and you know what they did to him, and then they killed him with his own underwear. They suffocated him. That was not on the TV, was not in the newspapers, but it's in some of the papers, little articles. So we need to be I'm very well aware of all this thing. This is why the New Age global planners have quietly given birth to the United Religion Organization. They believe the future of our world depends on all of us becoming tolerant, respectful, and compromising with all other beliefs. Now, see, they can go anywhere they want to, and they can talk about their beliefs. If you're a Muslim, you have the right to leave your job, you have the right to walk out of a school, and you have the right to pray anytime you want to. 
That's a religious thing. They have that right. But Christians don't have that right. We can't even take a Bible into our school without them telling us to take it away. Think on it now. Because it is all coming to head. The new world religion, now in the world's birth canal, if you please, will not be Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, Jewish, or Muslim. It will be an interfaithism. That's a new word that's been coined lately, interfaithism. The belief that all religions, while different on the surface, are each in its own way valid paths to God. Now, how many times in our Christian life have we say, well, we're all going to the same place. You go to your church and I'll go to mine, but we're all going to go the same way. And yet Jesus says there's one way. There's one way. And that's through him and his blood. How will the needed harmony among the world's religions be achieved? I'm asking you. How will it be possible to convince multitudes of world's religious leaders to compromise on doctrines for the good that the globalists will say for humanity? Well, the answer is this. It's an atmosphere of tolerance, mutual respect, and compromise. It must be created among the people. I don't know about you, but that kind of makes me stop and think. Where are we at today? What frame of mind are people in today? What are they looking for? What do they want? The easy path, the easy road. Don't make it hard on me. Don't make it hard on my family. Don't interfere with me or my plans. Because heaven help you, I'm not going to do it. I mean, it's just too hard and too rough to go with Jesus all the time. And yet the Bible screams out day by day that we've got to walk in his footsteps. We've got to be as obedient to the word as he was when he walked this earth as a man. I'm going to talk a little bit right now about present-day martyrs. We don't think there's very many of them, but there are. While millions of Americans who call themselves Christians are founded to be only nominal, and nominal here means existing, are being something in name only are insignificant. Sometimes, some students, excuse me, some students are being killed and dying as martyrs. And yet we don't look at them mm -hmm. as such. But they are. Yes, they are. It, it's an evidence just as much as those that died in Fox's Book of Martyrs, if you've ever read that. It's exactly like those. What about the three youth in Littleton, Colorado, who were immediately killed by the two young terrorists when they witnessed to their faith. Do you believe in Christ? Yes, I do. Are you a Christian? Yes, I am. Then they got killed. Those are martyrs. Just the same as if they'd been wrapped in animal skin and drugged from here to yon. They're martyrs because they stood up for God and they got killed for it. In the Compass Direct, is a magazine, of April the 23rd, 1999, tells of a Baptist leader being beheaded and his severed head displayed at a local market in Chesnia, where the pastor was kidnapped in October of 1998, and he's not been heard of since. These are martyrs, modern-day martyrs. In Indonesia, five members of the New Covenant Christian Church were hacked to death with machetes by Muslims. And they're going to unite us with that? When the young women were lined up to be raped, 
These young women began to plead the blood of Jesus Christ over and over and over, and they were not raped and neither were they harmed. Now, children, this is having faith in what you proclaim to be God. Because Jesus is. But they weren't harmed. And yet they should have been in many ways, but they weren't. Thank God for that kind of faith. Hallelujah. In Nigeria, 36 persons were reported to have been killed by Muslims and 430 houses set ablaze and more than 2,000 cattle were stolen and nothing was ever done about it. Why? Because that country was mainly Muslim. This is a Christian nation that we live in. And yet we cannot proclaim our Christianity without being a hate monger. How many times have you heard that lately? Hate crimes. Well, see, that's just whenever it's against the other person. Christians do not, do not advocate murder. They do not advocate killing, beating, or anything else. We advocate the love of Jesus Christ to get people into church to know about his salvation. But the world don't hear that. But neither does the world hear this either. It's only through Christian magazines that come from various denominations, not just ours, but various denominations that loudly proclaim what's going on. We received a um, letter from Brother Knapp in China just this last week, and he said that when they go to have church in apartment houses, because they don't have church buildings in some of them, but when they go to have a church in an apartment house, they have to turn all the air conditioners on because if they don't, the police will come in and arrest every one of them. China was supposed to keep Christianity flowing whenever Hong Kong was taken over by the Chinese people. That was one of the stipulations, but it's not running that way. And their air conditioner in one of the places tore up and he let somebody know about it and that somebody had enough money that they could buy a small one but they need a bigger one because the bigger one makes more noise and they can put them outside the window and they can't hear them worship the Lord. But right now, before they got that, excuse me, before they got that little bitty one, they had to worship the Lord in silence. Can you imagine? Praise God. Glory to God. And yet Pentecost has thought, I've got to make a lot of noise. I've got to make a big scene about it. But they don't dare for a threat of going to prison. And some of them will never be heard from again, and some of them will be beaten, and some of them will just be kept in jail and then turned loose after many weeks. But in the meantime, their families suffer too. This is martyrdom in this present age. In Nepal, where the church has been experiencing a great growth since 1991, numbering more than 300,000. That's eight years ago. But they got 300,000 members. 28 Christians, including women and children and even the elderly, were savagely attacked by Hindu police with billy clubs and had to be hospitalized. They want to join us together. Join us together. In Peru, because the evangelical faith has spread fast in the rural areas, some six to 700 pastors were murdered by the Shining Path rebels. And they weren't arrested nor sought out for the murders. In Burma, the Chan people, C-H-I-N, Chin Chan people, were almost completely Christianized. And to the annoyance of the militant Buddhist, 
Our worst case of persecution occurred when the government killed four persons, and one of them was a full-time evangelist. And that was quoted by the pastor that was there. What would we do if somebody opened that door and come in right now and began shooting because we were Christians? What would we do? Would we say, Lord, your will be done? Would somebody be brave enough to stand up and rebuke them in the name of Jesus? Listen, we're living on the brink of something. The year 2000 is coming on. I don't expect God to come in the year 2000. But I do expect him to come. But until he comes, we're going to get worse and worse and worse. And the only peace and the only comfort that we're going to have is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he is the Prince of Peace. The Lord of Lords. Hong Kong's horizon, as I just said about Brother Knapp, is beginning to cloud as very real pressures from the communists have been exerted on large evangelical churches. Now, we were talking about the small ones, but this is the large ones, because of their active ministry on the mainland. They don't want them in Hong Kong. All they want is the American dollar. They don't want God there. In Israel, too, believers are being persecuted by the ultra-Orthodox in Beersheba, Jerusalem, Haifa, Galilee, and in Nazareth, where thousands of Muslims firebombed and smashed cars that had crosses on. They marked them. They marked the Christians' cars. When we walk in that door, we're marked as being Pentecostal, apostolic Pentecostal people. You can't hide from it. There's no way of doing it. And yet these Christians that are in Russia every day take the chance of walking out the door and being killed or being arrested for being Christians because they're cracking down on them again. Not in a big number like we're going to see before long, but they are cracking down on Christianity in Russia too. In Yugoslavia, Americans bombed the Orthodox Church accidentally. And we send our servicemen to die for the Muslims in Kosovo? As someone has said, unregenerated man will never be able to solve the problems of the nations. It will take God. But they were wanting, remember the young man, they were wanting to pledge allegiance to the United Nations and he was an American soldier. He said, I pledged allegiance to my America, to my flag. I will not pledge allegiance to the United Nations. And he got court-martialed. That was just the first incident that we heard of. But God, when are we going to get backbone enough to stand up against this thing and to pray against this? Because America has a right. America has a choice if she's going to go in to this world organization, to this united religion that they're coming up with. Let's count our blessings and repent of our sins of indifference. Oh, well, that's over there. It doesn't bother me. I live in America, the home of the brave, the land of the free. They're being persecuted and martyred while we think about that. Unbeknown to the majority of the people on earth, the creation of such an atmosphere has been underway for a very long time. Note, it is only now, since most leaders in religions are open to this atmosphere, that the planners are going public. And I'll get to that just a little little bit later. That's why organizations like the United Religions can gain so much influence so quickly. It's because the churches are open to it. Mm -hmm. 
rather than to stick steadfast with the gospel, they bring in whatever will entertain. The super hype. They go from one level to another level to another. And let me tell you something. They have to quit one of these days. You can only go so far. But where's the gospel in the meantime? It isn't there. When I say gospel, I mean something to hold on to and get your teeth into and stay steadfast in love with Jesus Christ. It's exactly what I'm talking about. This also explains why Pope Paul, Pope John Paul II was, was willing to declare in 1994 that Muslims also have salvation. See the Catechisms of the Catholic Church, that's the name of the book, on pages 242 and 243. It'll plainly tell you. While this declaration is as untrue today as it was a few decades ago, times are different. Today, that declaration is applauded. Why? Global unity come together. Since 1950s, the United Nations, led by its visionary prophet, Robert Mueller. Now that's spelled M-U-L-L-E-R. Pay attention to that name. Keep it in the back of your head because it's coming to the forefront has been on a specific and premeditated course to unite the world's religion. Sister Josie, do you remember when Dad preached that? It's going to be a one-world religion. They're going to head it up and bring it to the forefront. And that was in the 1950s he did that. Well, he's a false prophet. It didn't happen in 51 or 52. He didn't say it being 51 or 52. He said it's coming. And he prophesied it been back here in my head and, and Royce too I guess the rest of you in his book The New Genesis Shaping a Global Spirituality unquote Mr. Mueller does not hide the agenda he brings it forth he wants everybody to know it to agree with it and you better get busy and try to find it and read it if at all possible he explains how his Catholic upbringing led him to ultimately embrace Buddhism which was the religion of the UN Secretary General Font, who was his superior for the United Nations for years. Don't tell me you don't have influence. Birds of a feather flock together. And what is that? There's another saying that if that which you, well, I can't think of it, that which you tolerate, you soon embrace. Think of what you tolerate in your life and in your home. Think of what you tolerate. And you're going to soon embrace it. This is what this man did. Mueller calls for a UN-led global government and global religion as mankind's only hope. Their only hope. I've got a hope in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Another man who has an extreme influence upon the religion of the UN is Hindu guru Shari Chimnoy. I'm not Chinese. And he writes this, quote, No human force will ever be able to destroy the United Nations, for the United Nations is not a mere building or a mere idea. It is not a man-made creation. The United Nations is the vision light of the absolute supreme, which is slowly, steadily, and unerringly illuminating the ignorance, the night of our human life. 
the divine success and supreme progress of the United Nations is bound to become a reality. At his hour, the absolute supreme will ring his own victory bell here on earth through the loving and serving heart of the United Nations. Unquote. And yet in Revelation 13, it talks about the beast coming up out of the sea. And the beast is, I mean, the sea is nothing but humanity. It's a sea of humanity. And we're headed for it if we're not careful. This is the religious philosophy that guides the organization which will soon have unchecked global authority. And it started a long time ago. Because people didn't believe it could happen here in America. I've heard my father-in-law preach they ought to get the United uh, Nations and put it over in Switzerland or some neutral nation. It does not need to be on the American shores. And I've heard my husband prophesy the same thing. We don't need it in America. Isolationism, no, not what you would call isolationism just to be out of the world, just to be all alone, but isolationism to survive. Sometimes you have to be alone in order to survive. And America can survive no matter what other country does if they pull us together we've got oil we've got fields of corn fields of wheat and all kinds of grain we've got everything to survive on right here in america until god says go and i'll not get too far on that because he's got a whole subject on that but i want you to know this one thing we need to pray that god will intervene and he can if not for the world, for America, Amen. he can intervene for us. This coming December, next month, the Chicago-based Parliament of the World's Religion, led by the New Age leader, Jim Kinney, will convene for the first time in six years in Cape Town, South Africa. Oh, yes, they've met before, six years ago. Nobody heard a lot about it. It was just a little piece in the paper. Now they're going to Cape, uh, Cape Town, South Africa. The Parliament of the World's Religions is another organization ex- exerting tremendous influence toward the new global interfaith movement. At its last conference in 1993, it was the largest gathering of religious leaders in history, and this year promises to be even larger. Oh, boy. The first groundbreaking of the Ecumenical Interfaith Conference of the Council for a Parliament for the World's Religion goes back as far as 1895. You see, they're not in a hurry to get their work all done. They're patient, but they're undermining true Christians. They're undermining true religion. And we as America have slept through the whole thing. Christians have slept through it all. So we see that the desire to establish a new religion based on compromised version of many religions is not new. It's not new at all. This thing's been around a long time, over a hundred years. Notice, in addition to Christians in this 93 conference, there was Hindus, Jews, and Muslims, but also voodoo and druid priests, Witches, snake charmers, Zoroastrian, 
sun worshippers and the representative of Lucius Trust, an organization whose original name was Lucifer Publishing Company. And we're going to unite with that. Come on, people, we're going to need more than we've got right now. In order to be strong enough to come against that, we're going to teach it to our children, and if we don't teach it to our children, we're going to be in trouble, or they are going to be in trouble. Another organization dressed in religion yet having the same political agenda is called the World Council of Churches. It started in 1948. In 1994, at a meeting in Jerusalem, the World Council of Churches stated, quote, after the Second World War, the establishment of the World Council of Churches signaled the resolve of the ecumenical community both to work for a full unity of the church and to participate in the struggle for a new just world order. Right now I'd like to say this. Be careful of the Bibles you read. There are many, many flooding the markets right now. And one reason of it is, is because they're not worded the same and a lot of them don't even mean the same thing. Now, I know the King James people say are difficult, is difficult to know, but be very careful because some of these newer versions, yeah, they're simpler, but they're not what you're going to be able to hear whenever the beast power comes up and this world religious false prophet comes to be. You're not going to know it because you're read the different. You see, it has, we have to have the same mind and the same opinion. And I'm not telling you to get rid of your other Bibles, but I'm telling you, you really need a King James to go right alongside of it. In his book called The New Genesis, Robert Mueller stated, I would wholeheartedly support the creation of an institutional arrangement in the UN or in UNESCO, UNESCO, for a dialogue and cooperation between religions. In autumn of 1996, Mueller's vision became reality with the signing of the United Religion Initiative. They're headed that way. Come on. Little by little, they're headed that way. The initiative, signed by Director William Swing, and that's another keep your mind on, William Swing, an Episcopal bishop, and by Mueller himself, sought to bring religions and spiritual traditions to a common table, a permanent, daily, global assembly there respecting each other's distinctiveness. They will seek to make peace among religions so that they might work together for good of all life and the healing of the earth. Now how are they going to do that? When these Muslims are killing Christians hand over fist and thinks it's all right because that's what their religion says. And the Catholicism says that we're all heretics and if they want to they can kill us. And if you don't believe it go to South America. Go down into Mexico where they are in the control, the controlling religion. We've had missionaries that's had to come back from South America, Bogota, Colombia, simply because the priests were so strong down there and would sick, sick, sick their people, you know, like sick them dog, on the Christians. Tear up the churches. And people disappear that were Christians and never showed up again. Christians in America are not like those yet 
And there's a lot of uh, Catholics in America, excuse me, Catholics, but there's a lot of Catholics in America that's going to turn to God because of this, because they, they don't go for all of that. And we tried to call, talk to some Catholic friends of ours about it, not harshly, just gently probing. And they said they didn't believe in it and they'd never go for it. And I believe it. I believe they were strictly with their heart toward Jesus enough that they would love the Lord to come out of it. But why do you think the Pope had such a great camaraderie of people coming around him during the St. Louis? Just take St. Louis when he visited there. But do you know at the same time he preached in Mexico that we're heretics that do not follow the Catholic Church and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost? You are my departed daughters. Comes to America and he claims unity. We will love everybody. I'm not against Catholicism. I've got a lot of friends that's in it, okay? I'm just against their teaching. Because I think these other people's going to come out of it. And I'm not going to compromise with them. In late June 1999, the United Religions Annual San Francisco conference wrapped up with their new charter now virtually finalized and ready for ratification in other words they're going to be approved and it's very important that since each of our religions will soon be asked to join this organization or one of these organizations and commit to its precepts it would be interesting to understand where the united religions is coming on certain issues of significance to bible believing christians wouldn't that be interesting? It's, it's something to think about. For this, we go to the charter of that religious group. A theology of acceptance and diversity. We read first, quote, The United Religions is a bridge-building organization, not a religion. How many times in the last five years have you heard people say, Let's build bridges? out and join other groups let's build a bridge over troubled waters I can name you about six churches right offhand that that's what they preach for better than a year building a bridge and today you cannot tell what their churches believe in because they have built such a bridge and there's been such an influx come in and polluted the true gospel God help us all we notice, however, that the United Religion does have a theology. They go on to say religion is concerned with the relationship of human beings with their spiritual origin. We believe in the universal and the eternal uh, eternity of the spirit. We believe that all religions derive their wisdom from the ultimate source, the same one. While there is some measure of comfort in the words origin and source because they're capitalized and you would think that would automatically mean the Lord Jesus Christ, it's difficult for Bible believers to agree that Zerostians and Luciferians, to name but a few of the United Religion members, derive their wisdom from God. Lucifer is not a God. Isaiah 14 and 12 will plainly tell you that Lucifer is not a God. The charter goes on with this. The United Religions promote dialogue. A theology of acceptance will help the world's people explore common ground. 
Our awareness of unity within religious diversity promotes an ever-increasing kinship. Now, like I said, I've got friends. There are various denominations and various religions, but I don't compromise. And they know I don't. And you know what? Most of them like me because I won't compromise. I'm not ugly or nasty to them, but I'm not going to compromise the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid too great a price for me. And I've run this race too long to want to fall by the wayside. But some will. God help us, some will. While some measure of comfort, I just read that, to, uh, that the words origin and source is capitalized, it is different for, difficult for a Bible believer to agree that Zoroastrians and Luciferians, to name but a few, keep those names in mind, study them out and find out what's going on. Now, Isaiah 14 is a good one to start off with. The charter goes on that the United Religion, I'm starting all over again, that's all right. The United Religions promote dialogue. The theology of acceptance will help the world's people explore common ground. An awareness of unity within the religious diversity promotes ever-increasing kinship. Note, whatever theology we adhere to, it must include acceptance, and this means acceptance of Lucifer and Allah and Buddha and the Brahma. Now, are you willing to take that? We've been to India, and we've watched those Buddhists over there. We've looked at a lot of them. And some of them's little short, round fellows with big bellies and a great big smile on their face. But there's other Buddhists that aren't that way. They don't smile. They're hateful, and they're cruel, and they're mean. And we've seen some of their other religions go into effect over there. And there's no love involved. It's all domineering, and it's not good. We're told then, as part of our theology, we must learn from these religions and embrace them, and this is interfaithism. Well, I won't do it. Boy, they sure aren't going to make me do it. Won't they? The Charter goes on to say, We believe that the wisdom of our religious and spiritual traditions should be shared for the health and well-being of all. Now, doesn't that sound good? the health and well-being of all. Hey, they don't just stop there. It says, therefore, as communities of faith and interdependent people rooted in our faith, we now unite for the sake of peace and healing among religions and peoples and nations for the benefit of the earth and all living beings. Oh, boy. That sounds good. That really sounds good. But what about the believers, the true believers? Can you go along with Lucifer and what he's going to teach? Can you go along with worshiping Allah? No. No, we can't. The God of the Bible does not embrace diversity when it crosses the line to pagan worship. And that's what this is. As people are, his people are to be a separated people. We are to be a remnant, as Uncle Sonny preached, or Brother Sonny preached the other night. We are a remnant that teaches and preaches God, Jesus Christ. You see, we're not going to be popular. We're not going to be popular at all. The united religions, however, embrace all our diversities. We share a profound respect for the sacred source 
and the wisdom of each religion. A question. But do all religions come from a sacred source? In other parts of the Charter, we see a direct connection to the United Nations. The United Religions endorses the United Nations International Criminal Law and their court. Brother and sister, I'm here to tell you right now, you cross the United Nations and you're going to find out you can be arrested by the international law, not by the American law, not by the Constitution. You're going to find out it's the international. We unite to support freedom of religion and belief and the rights of all individuals as set forth in the international law. Sign your John Henry on the line. It reads, other non-religious items on the United Religions agenda include open support of the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights. It's their idea, human rights, not the Bible's. And the Universal Declaration of Human Responsibility. You have a responsibility. They embrace the United Nations policy on sustainable and just economics. Now, Todd, you just got that raise. I didn't get a raise. That's not fair. That's not just. You give me half of your raise. That's what it's headed for, dividing all these things up. But that's getting ahead of it a little bit. They embrace the economics. The United Religion defines sustainable economics as an economic system utilizes the world's resources prudently and sparingly. Just economics, is it? A system in which created wealth is distributed in a fair and equitable manner. Currently, a tremendous gap, now this is their quote, a tremendous gap exists between the rich and the poor. The 20 richest nations contain 17% of the world's population, yet own 75% of the world's wealth. Is it coincident that the wealth, redistrib- the wealth redistribution, okay, how do you say that? Redistribution, okay, is also the central theme of the communists? They wanted it, come on, everybody gets some of the, everything. Everybody have a finger in the pie, a thumb in the pie. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it, the poor people are still poorer people, and the rich people are richer people. Look at the homes in which they live. Look at those that have to grub out of the ground potatoes and live on potatoes or turnips or something like that. And that's what they've got to eat, but yet they have to take a portion of that, a greater portion of that, and send it into town that the others can buy. And they don't get hardly anything for it. Read your history on Russia. It's very interesting to see how communism really works. Is it coincident that United Religions is based at Preside in San Francisco, the same place as Mikhail Gorbachev's U.S. headquarters? U.S. headquarters? The man who supposedly did away with communism still openly admits he is a communist. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Quote, 
the human community and the natural world will go into the future as a single sacred community or will perish begins the United Religion Dissertation on Environmentalism. See, they're not letting go one part of our life. If you'll notice what they're doing, they're reaching out to every aspect from religion to our pocketbook. Now they're going to go into the environmentalism. And people, it's here. Kiss a tree, hug a frog, all of those things. That's what they'd have you do. A dog gets better treatment than some children in America. You can be arrested for mistreatment of a dog. Your children are taken away from you, and sometimes they're given back to you in six months, sometimes they're not. But a child that's abused physically, mentally, sexually, can go right back to the same parents that abuse them sometimes in less than six months. But with a dog, honey, you can have a jail sentence. You can be heavily fined with any kind of an animal. They're trying to get a law passed now that we cannot kill our dogs, that if they die, they have to be of natural causes, and if we have them taken to a vet and put to sleep, then we can be guilty of euthanasia. It's not outlandish. It's here. We live in an interdependent web of life, all uh, beginning... Excuse me, all living beginnings are both sacred and connected. Recent human activities which have taken place in aggressive opposition to nature have resulted in an ecological crisis which includes deforestation. Oh, these people need the trees and they need houses to live in. They need a salary to pay for it their family and take care of their family but don't do that because there's a spotted owl that sleeps in some of those trees the loss of wild lands overpopulation the loss of productive agricultural lands degradation of the resources of the water planet dependence on non-renewable energy sources and extinct species the suggestion is made to increase global awareness of this serious environmental crisis sounds good but oh sometimes that three-letter word gets a lot of people in trouble i like it but notice the united religions proposed solution is to promote solstice s-o-l-s-t-i-c-e solstice either of the two times a year when the sun is at its greatest distance from the celestial equator, which is June the 21st. This is old-time teaching, too. And the equinox, when the sun crosses the plane of the Earth's equator, makes night and day approximately equal length all over the Earth, which occurs about March the 21st. Sound familiar? Festivals which celebrate the changes on the planet. Remember, remember, as incredible as it may seem, the intention appears to be a revival of the pagan sun and moon worship. Now, this is in their charter. This is in their laws. This is in the statement that we are supposed to live by and sign our life away to when they get it in full ratification. And it's coming up next month. 
Do not be surprised if we see Christmas in the near future replaced by or merged with a celebration of the winter solace birth of the pagan sun god. You want to preach it, Lorna? Yeah. The United Religion intends to lead the way in addressing the issue of global climate changes by modeling the use of new renewable energy sources and energy efficient technologies and creating pressure for low cost sources of renewable energy. Note, a spiritual component is being planned for the opening ceremonies of the first Olympics in the new millennium scheduled for Salt Lake City, Utah. Keep your eyes on that and watch comes what comes across. Because the United Nations has plans to participate in the high-profile opening ceremonies. And I'm going to quit there. I think we've been given enough tonight to think about, to start looking at our newspapers closer, to watch the TV news closer, to listen to the radio closer. Jot down a few of these things. Make you a scrapbook and put these things in it to see how they are progressing and how they're coming across. And when you find something For God's sake, get on your knees and pray, God, save America. God, keep us out of all of this. We don't have to because we are the woman that God took out and put in a hiding place where she was covered by an eagle in the book of Revelations. We are there. And God gives us a choice. Are we going to go with the United Nations or are we going to go with Jesus Christ? But it's up to us to pray fervently. Not a 19-cent prayer. I think Larry Lance used to call them 19-cent prayers. Not a 19-cent one. But honey, when you get in there, you get in fervent prayer. Jesus Christ perspired blood. I don't expect you to get to blood, but you could get to perspiration. Because I'm serious. This thing's coming, and it's coming quicker now because Jesus is coming soon, and it's got to be fulfilled. And the book of Revelations, it's just revealing. It's just revealing what's coming. And looking at this, we see what we've heard ministers preach for 50 years. It's coming to pass. Oh, my Lord and my God. It's happening. Don't take your religion or your salvation as a lark. It should be as serious as drawing one breath after another. Teach your children. Teach your grandchildren. Tell them what's coming. Try your best to get them to look to God and be saved.